Hello. Welcome to our Remarkable Women podcast. This is a branch of ministry from our women's ministry at Grace Community Church in Goshen, Indiana. I'm your host and core team member, Katherine Rumfeld. The heart behind this podcast is to connect us together while we talk about the everyday experiences that women deal with. This is a place for women to share about their own journey and what God is doing in their life. It's a place where we can learn from their experiences, glean from their wisdom, be encouraged that we are not alone, and find hope in the everyday. Parenting a child from a newborn to an adult is a series of mental gear shifting. Think of a 10-speed bike. Each stage of their lives is a different landscape to navigate, and you have to be hot on those gears. You have to be on it. That's why I'm excited to bring you our second podcast of our summer parenting series. And today, we're talking about the elementary and middle school stage. I am a mom of three and have middle school agers and older, and I have Tiffany Beer with me to help facilitate this conversation. Hey. Hey, she's a mom of four and her kids are elementary age and younger. So I feel like we have all the bases covered. We do. And I am a homeschool mom. So my four girls are home with me. So everything just looks a little bit different. And there are things that definitely look the same for us too, though. Right. Because mine go to school. So we have a little difference there as well. So I think that uh, we can give you a little bit of a balanced view. Some of the pressures we face are totally different, but there's a lot of common threads too, such as all this gear shifting. So before we get to all this serious talk, I have a very fun fact about Tiffany. (laughs) She is crazy competitive. It was during Mama Mania on Mother's Day here at Grace that I realized Oh, she's one of those fun, spunky, competitive women that Mama Mania depends on. Yeah, when I got called in to do um, praise that Sunday, I was like, Joe, do you know that I could potentially win the Triple Crown? Like, I'm playing all three services. And then Natalie told me I couldn't do that. (laughs) I was like, oh, man. You got reprimanded. did. So, yes, we're total opposites. It's been fun getting to know you. So let's get right into this today. Having elementary or middle school age kids is an exhilarating time to be a mom. What are some things that you love about this age? This is what I have referred to as the sweet spot. Now, I know I haven't hit the teenage years yet, so I don't know. But what I love about right now is that they still need you. They still still want your hugs. They still Mm -hmm. want your kisses. They still want all of that love. Um, but they're also really, really independent and they can do so much on their own. Mm. Um, it's that sweet spot of, I've even said, you know, I've gone from like feeling like I'm surviving motherhood Mm. to finally thriving at something. Um, and that just goes from, you know, they, they don't sleep when they're little and I'm finally sleeping through Mm -hmm. the night. Um, you're not wiping tushies. Mm -hmm. You're, you're only taking care of yourself now when it comes to bathroom things. Yeah. So I just, I love that. And I feel like I've been able to even find myself. And as you've been able to converse with them differently, Mm -hmm. um, you're getting to know their character, their personalities are really coming out and you're just getting a glimpse of who they are going to grow up to be. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've often Mm -hmm. referred to it as this, this little sweet spot that I am just loving. Yeah. Oh, I agree. After the exhausting baby years, it's nice to have a team. I can literally say, hey, I've got to run to the store. I need someone to make sandwiches. I need someone to clean the kitchen, you know, and I need someone to clean the bathroom and I'll be right back. And just like magic, it happens, you know. I got to um, go exercise by myself in the basement um, yesterday and I gave them a list. I was like dishes, laundry, pickup, and I came upstairs after 30 minutes and they were done and oh, we got to so go nice. enjoy enjoy the rest of our day. So nice. I love it. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's just zoom out for a moment. Um, we really need to think about these years because they we're talking about kindergarten through eighth grade. So this is a lot of change happening in these years. It's a very pivotal time. Uh, We want to prepare our kids for earned independence. Um, So with that difference in mind, 
um, talk about steep landscape changes. Like us moms need to keep shifting gears all the way through, sometimes daily, um, moment to moment. So um, think about this too. These middle years is the stage of life where kids ask their first questions of ultimate reality, like, who am I? Where did I come from? And what is my purpose? And us as moms get to answer all that. Uh, it's also the age that most kids from Christian homes will make a commitment to follow Christ, and you get to disciple them in the full counsel of God. Uh, you will give rule-centered leadership. I'll say this really slow. You will give rule-centered leadership so that when your kids reach adolescence, you can shift to principle-centered leadership. So basically, you will go from you will statements to will you statements as they develop self-discipline and virtue in these years. So what's the best way to get started on this whole process? I say work on yourself. Be consistent and disciplined in your own life. Yeah. So one of the things that I've learned is that you can't give what you don't have. Yes. So if you yourself do not have self-discipline, you are not going to be able to teach that to someone. Mm -hmm. um, and as your children watch you work on yourself and you develop these things, and I often think of the fruit of the spirit, that's something that it's posted in my home. It's something that mm. I um, read to myself often and just say out loud and if I don't have these things, I cannot teach them. I cannot mm -hmm. give them. They're not going to overflow. Yeah. And when we work on ourselves first, when we fill ourselves, then the overflow is what we can give everyone else. Yeah. So it's it's just it's important to um, to be in the word. It's yep. important to have I've, even your space. Like I make my bed. If I want my kids mm -hmm. to make my bed, I better be making my own bed. If mm -hmm. I want my kids to put their clothes away, I need to put my own clothes away. Yep. And those are things that they see and they know. Mm -hmm. And if I want my kids to wait on dessert, mm -hmm. I'll probably still be eating it in the closet and hide it from them, <laughs> but but I'll, I'll try but to do better. as far as what they can see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. More is caught than taught, you know? Be the person you want to develop in your children. In these pivotal years, moms, you are laying the bedrock for logical thinking and moral understanding. Remember, we're shifting from I am responsible for your behavior to you are responsible for your behavior. We're putting that weight on them and teaching them how to carry that. An important thing to tell yourself as a mom every day is take the time to train. Don't assume kids naturally know your expectations. You will need to communicate almost everything to them. So take the time. It will pay off. Yeah, and I think that this goes even to just simple things. Just yesterday, we had two outside chores that we had to do. And so I went to the chicken coop, and I sent the two others to um, rake up the really long grass and get it over into the field. And when I came back from the chicken coop, they had these really nice piles of grass kind of throughout the yard. And I thought, well, that's silly. They should have just raked it straight to the field. But I didn't tell them that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they've ever raked anything in their lives. I mean, the rakes are two days mm -hmm. old to us. So this was just a moment where I thought, Tiff, you need to train them. You need mm -hmm. to tell them um, your expectations. They did not fail. They did not fail the task. They, no. did, they did a great job. Um, so going in and not, you know, letting them think they did something wrong, just showing them how to do something mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. I know um, just growing up, I I hated the idea of like failing before I ever started. If I didn't mm -hmm. understand something, I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think even just protecting them from this idea of failure, just because you didn't do something the way someone expected you to doesn't mm -hmm. mean you did something wrong, especially right. if they didn't share their expectations. Right. Um, and while they do catch things and they do watch us, there's so many times where they haven't caught on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can think, why don't you sweep the way I do? Or why don't you dust the way I do? Or why don't you, why don't you know how to boil water? Like these seem like such simple things. Um, but until I sit down and train them, right. like, the towel's right. going to be folded a different way from mm -hmm. all six people in the family. Mm -hmm. If there's an expectation, then mm -hmm. we need to set the expectation, tell them the expectation, 
and then go with it. And if you yep. haven't, if you don't care, yep. then we just need to be okay with the individual ways everybody does something. Right. And remember, anytime you make your kids part of the process, you're making them part of the solution. And that gives them ownership. They literally become your team. And it's so important for them to learn their unique role on the team as well. Um, this is a great time in these middle years to establish some family norms also. Whatever you think would feel awkward to start doing when they're teens, begin doing it now. Don't get stuck in patterns just because you don't want to shake up the norms. If something stops working, change it or throw it away. That's real life logic and applies to almost everything. I think this is one of those things too is for moms, I think we get stuck in a pattern of, oh, yeah. well, this is my way and this is the way I do it. And yep. so many times we don't even let kids do things. So right. my kids are now responsible for doing laundry. Mm -hmm. um, and there's times where you just have to maybe let go of the way a shirt is folded because yep. they don't have the the mobility that we have or it right. does take longer and that's okay that's mm -hmm. the way it's done um you can perfect it, their skills later yeah yeah you know, but we hold on to so many of those chores <clears throat> and then we wear ourselves out like why am yep. i the one that's always doing the dishes why am right. i the one that's always dusting or sweeping or why am i the only, always want the only one always doing the laundry and i think it's because we put that expectation on mm -hmm. ourselves. And honestly, yes. for two years at least, I have a list on the refrigerator of all of the chores that they're expected to do and to simplify tasks. Like I have post-it notes on my washing machine with arrows that mm -hmm. point to exactly oh, where every smart. dial should be. They're pointing to where the dial should be on the dryer and they know how many, and I even, I buy pods. Like I go out of my way to buy uh... the pods for laundry detergent so that the kids can put them in the washing machine and I know it's more expensive, but they would spill liquid. And, mm -hmm. and it's just right. an expectation that I have um, for mm -hmm. them to be a part and, and to help me. And it brings, it just makes me a happier mom yes. and which just makes a happier house mm -hmm. <laughs> altogether. And I think the kids feel happy too, because they're contributing and they know they are. Yes. Um, and do. it makes them they feel know, good. They love, they love being helpful. They love it when mm -hmm. they've accomplished something. The other day I hadn't had my bed made yet and my oldest made my bed and it Aww. looked great. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. So home is where it all begins as far as training. And if you need to reach out to some extra things to teach them how to manage responsibilities and develop skills, there are all kinds of 4-H projects, um, child-led entrepreneurship programs, even summer reading programs are super helpful to just give them a little bit of responsibility outside of the home. I love what Deuteronomy 6 says to parents. First of all, it says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So remember, we're talking about developing yourself first. And I love that the beginning of this verse is pointed at us. And then it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Moms, God is saying, take the time to train. One last thought on the subject. If we want compassionate kids, we need to teach them to be considerate. If we want helpful kids, we need to teach them what's needed. If we want them to be wise, we need to teach them the fear of the Lord. So give some thought to what do I want to develop in them? And secondly, what do I need to do to develop that in them? And then take the time to train. Yeah, so I think we think a lot about um, the heart um, versus just behavior. And we want yes. to change their heart. We don't want to change their want to change their behavior sometimes <laughs> sometimes yes. right you we know right to, away you know when you're in the grocery store and they're screaming like change the behavior right. but we need to work on that heart issue mm -hmm. and the best way to do that again is you you can't give what you don't have so if yes. your heart is in the right place and you're walking um with the spirit it will come out of you and mm -hmm. it you i just truly believe you have to start there you have to start with your mm -hmm. own spiritual life and mm -hmm. then um yeah, focus on their heart. Talk to them. Ask them, you know, why are we doing this? Or how does how did that make you feel? This is how it made me feel when you chose mm -hmm. to do this. And I was trying, like, you can win so many battles and you can think like, oh, I did that. I, can I did that. And, you know, they behaved here and they did exactly what I said the first time here. But a child can be 
you know, sitting down on a chair on the outside, but in their head, they can be standing up. Right. They can be completely yes. disobeying you in mm -hmm. their minds. Mm -hmm. And so we can think that we've won these battles, but in the end, we could lose the war if yeah. we're not careful. Yeah. And I just want to say a little bit about um, social encounters before we wrap up this segment. Um, <clears throat> I think one thing that I have found important for us uh, is to socially prepare my kids before an encounter. And what I mean is, um, so for example, if you're going to see great aunt Susie, you know, especially if your child doesn't know great aunt Susie very well, invite them into a little bio before you get there, rather than just telling them how you expect them to behave while you're there. Okay. So you want to get them on your team and you want to say things like, um, you know, great aunt Susie has been very sick lately. I bet she'll be so happy to see our smiling faces and, you know, just get excited. Like, do you want to be the special one that carries the flowers in, you know, let them get on to the purpose of your going there and get them involved in the encounter. Um, or if you're heading to school, many times, uh, we talk about teachers ahead of time, like, you know, uh, your teacher works so hard every day to prepare the lesson, you know, it, even if math is hard, isn't it great that your teacher is so kind? Um, hey, do you want to do something special to make his day? Do you want to plan, you know, do you want to figure something out? So show it, show them to think ahead before a social encounter and prepare them to relate in a positive way rather than just showing up and being unmindful of the people that they'll be in front of that day. So give them value, give them position, and give them license to come up with thoughtful ideas ahead of time. So all that to say, take the time to train. So our generation of parents has to navigate this technology thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something that nobody else has had to do before. And I think we you know, we want to try all these things or read all of these books, but nobody's done it and nobody knows and nobody knows your own, your child and what their tendencies are. And so what I just take a lot of hope in is knowing that I can ask God for wisdom because mm. we're promised that if we yeah. ask for it, you know, we will be given that. And then to realize too, that this is when God has has called us mm -hmm. and we are the parents of, of this generation. We are the parents that he has put into place. He has, he has qualified us. He has called us. Um, he has equipped us and we're the ones that are going to help navigate these kids through, mm -hmm. through this technology stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't have a lot of screen time at our home. So I notice that the tendency is, you know, when we pull out the tablets, maybe we've used them for an app for school or we did just use it for some free time. It just doesn't take long before attitudes and behaviors mm -hmm. change. And so we pull all of them mm -hmm. and we put them in the closet and they collect dust. And then I get this idea that we need them again. And, and it's just mm -hmm. a cycle for us. Yeah. Um, phones are just not something we need yet. We use a messenger on one phone. So if I do need to go somewhere and leave the older two at home for a little bit, they do have a way to communicate. Um, the only other people they communicate with on there are grandparents. And that's just what feels safe for us right now. We, um, we've talked too about just this alone time, like how much should kids be alone? Um, how do we keep them engaged? And mm -hmm. for Joe and I, we built our home um, about three years ago and we made the decision that we were only building a three bedroom home and that our kids were going to share, mm. share rooms. I love that. And it was something that we thought, you know, this is going to develop character in them. They mm -hmm. need to learn how to live with other people. They need yep. to learn how to communicate with other people. They need yes. to learn how to be respectful of other people and their space. And so far, you know, it, it works really well and they prefer to be around each other. And that's not to say when they do want alone time. I mean, typically that's, they take their Legos and they go mm -hmm. play just somewhere else in the house or someone goes outside or someone gets a book and reads on their bed. But I think we all know that isolation is is never good. That's mm -hmm. um, that just can set you up for depression mm -hmm. and, and can spiral down. Mm -hmm. So, 
and it also just gives them a sense of accountability. If, yeah. if I'm not there to see, you know, what's on the tablet at the time or, I mean, I just, they don't have access to a lot of stuff right now. But for future things, I think it's going to be good to have mm-hmm. that sibling there with them mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. Um, holding them accountable. Yeah. I like what you were saying about um, the attitudes that you notice when screen time goes on a little too long. I notice that if we start the day by watching anything. Yes. Now, I have had a pretty strict rule, um, kind of an unspoken rule, like we don't wake up and watch cartoons. We don't wake up and get on screens. We we wake up, we have time with Jesus, and then we do productive things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, work before play. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. the yep. simple. It changes the um, whole it day. It the does. whole day. If they're it starting does. on, well, it's like the, you've already rested. So what? TV like actually just causes you to go back to being brain dead, mm. which is just not mm. not how we want to function at all. And that's right. not to say that it doesn't happen. If I if I'm doing something, you know, maybe they popped on TV, but when it's time to go, it's. I mean, I think the right. first thing I often say when I walk into a room to give direction is, "Okay, TV off," because if the TV's mm-hmm. on. We're just you can't not even focused. talk to them. No, you yeah. cannot. You cannot. These screens are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded of a verse in Proverbs that says, <clears throat> "A child left to himself brings shame to his mother," and that is a solemn word for us moms um, to not leave them to themselves. Um, so we want to keep them engaged because idleness can be the devil's playground. So how can we flip the script and be proactive about giving them new experiences on a frequent basis? This is actually one of the first years um, that we allowed them to do organized sports. We live just far enough away from everything that driving was just an issue. And I think what the shift for us this year was that everyone could participate. Mm. So we weren't worrying about, you know, someone's nap time or just it just it just helped. It helped us. So it's just been a lot of fun to have them involved in something, allow them to be coached, which is kind of can be hard on me sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, that's my baby. <laughs> um, so I'm learning. I'm learning right along with them. You know, as we grow as mothers, as yeah. just as they grow up as oh kids, goodness, we're, yes. we're right along, grow right along with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a new experience for them. And it's it's been awesome. It's been like I said, it's been hard to watch. It's sometimes it's hard to sit in that that passenger seat and watch someone else mm-hmm. teach them. You know, even a stranger to mm-hmm. some extent. They're a coach, someone that you don't know. But it's been really good. Um, we also have done camp. You know, this was the first time that we allowed, not allowed, first time that it worked out for us to send a kid away to camp. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, at night I would just wake up and pray like, oh, I just hope she's sleeping well, mm-hmm. that she's having fun, um, that are and even knowing that there's other people out there that are pouring into your kid and that like the Lord is present in the lives of a 10 year old yes. um, and getting like that they get to experience that. Like those are those big things that, that start mm-hmm. in these years. And it's yeah. just phenomenal for me yeah. to think about that their little hearts are being developed mm-hmm. and, and challenged. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, watching mine experience something new and then just discovering together how awesome a creator God is. Um, I remember a time we were camping in the mountains in Wyoming and there was not a single person. We were surrounded by just vastness, beauty, life, um, color. And my husband and I asked our kids if they could tell us just based on their surroundings what is God like? And they were like, just based on our surroundings, <laughs> we were like, yes, just based on what you see, what is God like? And slowly we could start to see their wheels turn. And I don't remember the exact, you know, words and things that they pointed out, but, you know, maybe one of them looked at the sky and said, endless. And somebody looked at the evergreens and said, strong, or the mountains, he's huge, mm-hmm. or a butterfly, he's detailed, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Like they picked out like from what God created, what is God like? And I love being the person that's there beside them. I mean, I also love 
giving them to other people as well, yep. <laughs> like you're saying yep. about the camping experience, yep. because I know they, other people are gifted. Um, but that is something that I love being on those adventures with them. And, you know, moms, we want to be giving our kids enough unique experiences that they see this is so much better than screen time. Mm -hmm. Like what God made is so much better than what man made. Um, What man makes is limited to like a small little screen that we hold in our hands. Right, right. And what God has made is endless. It is huge. It is detailed. Um, It is beautiful. So uh, let's switch gears here just to let, I mean, this whole podcast is about switching gears. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about giving them room to not just experience things, but room to fail. Uh, this one is really hard for me. Yeah. I hate watching them struggle. Right. I want to rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm definitely the same way. I, again, I have a tendency to go back to my own childhood and remember moments where I felt like a failure or that Mm. I felt like I failed before I ever started something. And I think that there's just something in me that wants to protect them from that Mm. so much. Um, But I know that we learn through those things. Mm -hmm. And, and it's even something that I like preach to myself now. I was like, you Mm -hmm. haven't failed. And even if you have, then you've learned something from it. Um, And so to even just change your narrative in your own head about what failure is like mm-hmm. failures I think probably just the wrong word it's just you, you have to you have to fail to finally succeed right right there there's steps to everything like mm-hmm. the greatest inventors failed how many times before they had success and and you keep pushing through and you keep trying um and we can just learn so much from that and when you had talked about new experiences, I am not like the nature mom. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the mom that can sit in the classroom and I can read and I can teach mm-hmm. you how to write. And I love, I love seeing my kids learn how to read um, or work on a new math skill. And so that's where just mm-hmm. having like that compliment of, of my husband, Joe, mm-hmm. and his, his adventurous spirit and mm-hmm. him loving, loving nature and wanting to show his daughters that and for them to experience that. Um, I, I can get envious of the fact that he's the one that gets mm. to witness that with them. It's just, mm-hmm. I can't generate those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's okay. That's why you're a team. Yes. Yes. We're a team <laughs> and it, it works out really well. And sometimes I'll, you know, tag along, but dad's mm-hmm. definitely the one leading, mm-hmm. leading those moments. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Well, the one thing I have to tell myself every single day is don't clean up their messes. (laughs) Let them figure it out. Um, You know, if I pick up their beach towels, they'll just think that when they throw something into the grass, it magically gets into the wash machine, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just creating ignorance in them if I let my need to have everything in its place get the best of me. So just telling myself, you know, I am not helping them by helping them. (laughs) Right, right. You know, um, let them fail, let them clean it up, let them, you know, find a solution. Another area um, that we can be intentional about, I think, is road time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't have to be dead time, and it certainly shouldn't be everyone get on separate devices time. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, road time is one of the reasons I drive my kids to school and back. In the morning, we can set ourselves up for success. We listen to a quick teaching or some encouraging songs. Uh, We pray together over our day. And in the afternoon, it's a great time to debrief on everyone's day. Uh, Anytime we're in the car, really, I am intentional about creating conversations or listening to audiobooks and sharing thoughts on those. As a matter of fact, I can highly, highly recommend, and maybe you've heard of this, Tiffany, Jonathan Park no, Adventure Series. When oh, I read, it's about goodness. a homeschool family. I didn't know why yes, I didn't know about it. You need to pick this up. It is about a homeschool family. 
Uh, they have all kinds of adventures in different countries while they do creation research. They fight bad guys. They quote scripture. They save lives. I mean, it blends history, science, scripture, and nonstop action and mystery. It's really the perfect combination and it just keeps everyone involved. Um, and trust me, they can be listened to over and over and over. Like, we are still <laughs> listening to them. One of the things that I had heard about um, Road Time is that it is a great time to talk to your kids about deep things. Yes. Because sometimes face-to-face mm -hmm. -face can be extremely intimidating. Sure. And so yeah. if you're just sitting in a bedroom or sitting, you know, at the dinner table, it's it's just intimidating. And when you don't have to look at the person, when, you know, they're mm -hmm. just seeing the back of your head if they're in the right. back seat, it just – it, it helps. It, it puts them puts them at ease. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, That's turning down the radio and asking mm -hmm. some some big questions where they don't feel like they have to stare at you right. when they answer. Mm -hmm. I just think yeah, that would that would be more comfortable. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's easier to talk um, when you're not. I don't know, staring deeply at the person. Right. I guess it feels less confrontational. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more safe. All right, moms, if you are feeling in any way overwhelmed, take a deep breath because it's time to talk about the village. <laughs> You're probably familiar with the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it's true. And thankfully, you have a village at your fingertips. Hopefully, your kids have grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc., that can be an organic support system. And hopefully, you attend a church that has its own kid-centered programs. But even so, I have definitely utilized other churches' oh, yeah. uh, kid programs and have gotten to know some really amazing people along the way. So you also have, if you're not homeschooling, you have school teachers, um, administrators, counselors, um, and I can't say enough, especially during the pandemic, how much they have advocated for my children and our school system. Um, and sports coaches also, mm -hmm. uh, pastors, kids' church leaders. I mean, I feel blessed and surrounded. Um, and I'm also careful to pick, you know, and choose and to prioritize um, the people that I want them around as well. So what about you, Tiffany? As a homeschooling family, what what does your village look like? Yeah, so we have you know, the obvious, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles that pour into our kids um, that we see weekly. And then church is kind of that non-negotiable for us. We've talked about mm -hmm. how Wednesday nights, even if we're tired or we've had a hard day, it's just really important um, to get them to see other kids, um, to get them, again, to be with other authority figures mm -hmm. so that they can um, learn and build character through that. And then also just as a homeschool mom to find those other homeschool families um, that you can connect with. And we're not a part of a co-op yet. We're really new to homeschooling, but one of my, um, I've got a girlfriend, um, her name's Kelsey, and I love being with that family because she, I have four girls. She has three boys and then um, a baby girl, but we just love it when our kids get together because mm. they can learn so much from each other and then we as mothers learn so much from each other as well so okay. she lives on multiple acres she's got a farm and the woods and and all of the things and my girls their their spirits come alive and they become oh, adventurers God. and explorers mm -hmm. and those boys help guide them through that and when I'm at her home I'm like I just love this like I love that my mm -hmm. kids are experiencing something and that they're mm -hmm. being able to have relationships with boys without that pressure yeah. of um that boyfriend girlfriend thing you know they're never teased about it and we're just really careful on how we talk about that that family and and she's shared that with me as well because we really want them to just build strong friendships and bonds mm -hmm. and um and then she loves coming to my house because when they come to my house they you know they do crafts or they put on a play and she's like my boys don't ever do this um at my home. So, so I just funny. love what we're able to offer each other Yeah, through those families. Small group. Small group mm -hmm. is huge for us as well. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that we are blessed to have. I think there's 12 kids all together. Each family, the family that has children, they all have four kids. And so they get along really well. Um, they always look forward to small group Sundays. And that's another 
just awesome village because I trust every single one of those mm-hmm. couples That's important. and appreciate what they have to offer. They're, you know, all just phenomenal parents, phenomenal um, Christian couples that you just, you know that you can trust them mm-hmm. and that they're going to offer good things and pour good things in, into your children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our village is, is awesome. <laughs> You're making me feel bad. I oh. didn't mention friends at all. <laughs> and, I, and that is super important to me. Um, we have great friends that also, yeah, you know, maybe they're way better at doing one thing than I am or mm-hmm. um, they have things at their house such as a trampoline that we're never allowed to get. Right, you know? right. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, and another thing you made me think of is um, we're pretty intentional about um, getting them around other cultures of people as well mm. and having other cultures in our um, in our village. So we have we have Russian friends and Hispanic friends and Amish friends and Mennonite friends and, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever is right around here. Like we just, we try to make friends with people and get to know their culture and, um, and, you know, and we're getting an exchange student oh. from Kyrgyzstan. And so we are just, we are so excited to get to know her culture and do some research ahead of time. And um, so, yes, my kids love culture and they're, um, and they're comfortable, you know, it would be so easy to be uncomfortable, but the more uh, frequency you give your children um, in different situations, the better. Mm-hmm. So I let's talk about a few cautions about village. I think um, anytime that you're uh, with people, um, you have to be discerning and um, especially um, just play dates, you know, uh, where where is the the um, encounter going to happen? Um, you know, if you feel uncomfortable in your spirit, pay attention to that. I think God um, gives us things to um, warn us a little bit. You know, like maybe um, maybe you need to really get to know the mom and the dad, and maybe it's an unfounded fear. But until you know for sure that it is. Be, be cautious, um, you know, make the play date at your house or, um, this is one of those things where as, as judgmental, I think, as you can sometimes feel, which we, mm-hmm. we don't want to feel like we're judging others. There's just no room for error. No, it's not when it that. comes to this. Right, exactly. And I think that as I look back again on the way I felt at certain people's homes, mm-hmm. um, yes. there's things that I've seen mm-hmm. and, and it's not always the parents, it's, it's the kids. I mean, sure. you don't know what their exposure is, whether it's to, I mean, there were movies that never should have been seen. Mm-hmm. There's pornography. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's parents who fight. There's, there's yes. alcohol. Yes. There's, there's so many things and it happens so much younger mm-hmm. because, and even like, there's a sense of like realizing that it's, it's even happening innocently. You know, mm-hmm. you've got seven-year-olds who, who are showing things to other kids mm-hmm. out of innocence, but they don't even realize it. And yeah. so for me, I, I know that like I can seem really hard mm-hmm. and I can look judgmental. Um, but when it comes to my kids, yes, there's just, there's no room for error no. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, and there's so many times where I feel like I'm putting this bubble around them, but I just feel like until you know, mm-hmm. until you're sure, you know that you know that you know that mm-hmm. you know that they're safe, mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. that's when it's okay to mm-hmm. to send them yeah. to someone else. Yeah. Or, and even my own childhood experiences, you know, you could see someone every Sunday at church mm-hmm. and then they invite you over, you know, to stay the night or whatever and you like are shocked. Mm-hmm. They all yell at each other. Like, mm-hmm. or they, you know, something that is just super uncomfortable. And right. Like, wow, I did not see that coming. I wish I would have never come here, you know? Right. And uh, it's just things that you don't know ahead of time. Thankfully I was older and I could handle it, but when even just careful with kids and talking to them, like if they've gone somewhere, Mm -hmm. like I do think that you're going to know, like they might seem different. Like if they've seen something or heard something, or if they were uncomfortable, just Mm -hmm. asking, were you comfortable Mm -hmm. there? Like, right. And the more that you ask them those things and you make that the norm, Mm -hmm. they're going to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, You want them to feel really comfortable to be able to talk to you about anything. Yeah. So just making that part of 
part of the conversation. Do you even want to go there? Right. You know, I mean, I feel like there were times my husband had said he did not want to go to this birthday party. Um, yes, but he, but no, like we're going to go, they asked Mm -hmm. you to go and it's like, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Pay attention. Another thing that, um, is a bit of a caution is choose, um, choose the activities wisely that you can commit to, Mm. you know, and still, you still want to have family time Mm -hmm. and God time, right? You still want to be able to go to church, um, you know, and have quality family time. These years are going to fly by. I know they have been for me. Uh, and we all want to have enough time to instill deep truths and unforgettable moments in our kids. Uh, no one is going to remember how many seasons of volleyball they played, mm. but they will remember that time that they were naughty and you sat down with them and you showed them God's heart. You know, those those for me uh, were some of the most powerful times in my own childhood. My dad sitting down with me you know, the one or two times that I did something wrong <laughs> and, uh, and showing me scripture. Um, so as they're getting older, a great way uh, that they can learn to appreciate authority figures in their village or the people that contribute to their village, uh, among other things, is by putting our kids in their shoes. And what do I mean by that? Volunteer opportunities. Mm. It's hard for kids to really appreciate the time and effort someone is taking to teach them something until they can expend time and energy to benefit someone else. Um, A few weeks ago, I took a few of my kids on a middle school mission trip to Urban Hope in Philadelphia, and we got to spend some time with the homeless. And my kids came home with a lot more boldness in talking with strangers Um, They were more people friendly. They had more willingness um, and more appreciation for leaders. So I can't really even quantify the positive effect Mm -hmm. that it had on their personal growth. And that was just in a few days. Uh, So think about working volunteer opportunities into your daily lives. You can join someone else's effort or be creative and think about the needs in your own community and then strategize ways to make someone's day. Another very attainable way to put them in someone else's shoes is have them lead family devotions, you know, make them the leader of something. Uh, With my youngest this past year, and, you know, we kind of had to flip the script for this to happen because we usually give, you know, the oldest kid the the opportunity to lead, you know, I mean, it's just natural birth order thing. Right. So um, just mentally, I I made the switch and I told my youngest, you are the wood manager. Like, you need to tell us when we're out of wood. This was during the winter. Uh-huh. You know, when we're getting low, when we need to go out to the shed to, to bring it in. Like, it's all on you. You've got to keep this house warm. <laughs> and um, and at first, he was not happy at all. He was like, why me? Gosh, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, like, but then he got, like, this, you know, um, this attitude about it. Like, Hey, I can, yeah, I can do this. And he actually got so on board with the idea that after our first, you know, quote work day, um, with him being in charge, he called the debrief meeting afterwards. (laughs) He's like, okay, we're going to talk about this. You know, how did this go for everyone? Better. So, you know, flip the script, give your youngest child a big responsibility or yeah, like I said, have them lead family devotions. It's kind of fun. What happens? Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Okay, so as we're wrapping up, there's just all of these extra pieces on my notes that I don't feel like we could fit in and make like this seamless thing. So I've kind of got these random thoughts that I just want to um, help encourage moms with as we we continue to mother. And again, like when when Catherine asked me to do this, I was like, I am not an expert. This is so intimidating. <laughs> I feel like I am, you know, more qualified to talk about some other things. And so I want to just bring some of those things um, to light. One of the things that I have really worked on myself with is just having, knowing that my kids need the best of me and not the rest of me. And so that was something, that was one of the big reasons that we even 
decided to homeschool was that I noticed in my own personal life that I was anxious or I was angry and I didn't do well with the schedule. Mm -hmm. And so my kids were getting the worst of me and the best of me was left at home by myself. And I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't want my kids to see me like that. And there's, there's, you know, a myriad of other reasons why we homeschool, but that is something that knowing that my kids now get the best of mom, Mm -hmm. just, it thrills me and it brings me, um, a lot of joy. And then I know that we're sitting here doing a podcast and we're telling you, you know, what we know, and we're going to give you some recommendations on resources and stuff, but know that, do not do all of your learning from other people. Um, mm-hmm. You need to spend time with God and yes. you need to spend time in the word and he is going to mm-hmm. lead, guide, and direct you. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows your children better than you do. Mm-hmm. And nobody has the same family dynamic as you do. And that's one of the things that I share often when people are like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you homeschool. I've got four girls and my four girls are within five years of each other. So there's very few people who can directly relate to that. My world is just different. Your world is different. I don't know how people go to a ball field five to six nights a week. And you're successful and you're awesome and your kids are learning great character traits. It's We're, we're all so different and we're, we're unique and our family within our four walls is unique. And so you lean on God and he will guide you um, in what is what is right for your family because we need to hear from God more than what we hear from other people. Others, other people's opinions can be valuable, um, but you know in your mama heart mm-hmm. what is best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also knowing, allowing your kids to see you lean in and trust on God no matter what. Um, this is something that we we share very openly with our kids about things. Um, I have some medical issues that I've dealt with. Um, we've been as open as we can about them and then just allowing them to know that like, mommy trusts in God mm-hmm. to take care of this need. And so prayer with your family and for your family and over things is important. Um, I had Um, we've got a family member who was dealing with infertility and she was getting her, um, her transfer for, I'm going to say it wrong in Mm -hmm. vitro, right? IVF. Okay. And so taking the kids and, and like mommy, mommy trusts God. Like Mm -hmm. we believe that God is going to be, um, the provider in this. And so allowing them to lay their hands Mm -hmm. on their aunt Mm -hmm. and pray over her, allowing them to lay their hands on me and pray over me, Mm -hmm. um, and then when they get to see the results and the answers, like God becomes so more, much more real. And then they ask like, what can we pray for next, mom? What can we pray for next? And I love that. That's just, it's, prayer is just a huge thing. It's a huge thing in our life. Um, and then the other thing that we've taught them is to to share those praises and to just tell people what God has done. Mm -hmm. And I was um, talking to Catherine when we met up earlier about um, this. There was one day I was sitting at the island and I had this bowl of M&Ms and my youngest came and she's like, can I have some M&Ms? Yeah. And I was kind of mindlessly just giving them to her over and over. So probably the third or fourth time she came up, I was like, what are you doing with all of these M&Ms? You can't eat all of these. And she just said, well, I'm giving them to my sisters. I'm, I'm giving them away. Hmm. And then what did that cause me to do? It made me want to give her more because I knew that she was just giving them away. And there's been so many times where I have just been blown away at the goodness of God and his blessings and what he has poured out over our family. And I remember in that moment just thinking like, God, like, is this? is this how you see me? Are these M&Ms my blessings? Mm -hmm. And knowing that like, I mean, I've asked God before, like, why, why are you doing this? Why do you continue Mm -hmm. to give and give and give? And just hearing, because Tiff, you're, you're sharing them. Mm -hmm. You're sharing my blessings. You're sharing my goodness. And who better to continue to give goodness to 
than someone who's going to share it with other people. So yeah, those are just things that, um, they don't relate to anything else maybe that we've talked about, but they're just things that are really passionate in my heart, um, to allow your kids to just share in the goodness of God. And they're, they're way bigger than you realize to handle those things. Their, their understanding of who God is, it's so Mm -hmm. innocent and it's so childlike and it's why we're told Mm -hmm. to have that childlike faith because it's so innocent and perfect. And so the more you share that with them, like, I mean, their faith's just going to grow. And I just want to remind you to you moms that God created each of your children with unique personalities, giftings, and strengths. The other side of that coin is they'll have weaknesses and less than desirable tendencies as well. Some of your kids are going to be a bigger challenge for you to parent. A few encouragements on that. I have um, actually three don'ts and three do's for you today. Um, So here are your don'ts. Don't panic. Hmm. Don't lose heart. And don't turn a blind eye. God chose you to be your child's mom for a reason. He knows you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If God is your supply, you have everything that you need. Just think about that while I give you your do list. All right, here it is. First of all, kind of like what Tiffany just said, run to Jesus I cannot tell you how many times God has inspired ideas into my mind as I have prayed over my children. God is longing for you to just ask him for ideas. Remember, your kids are his kids. He waits to give you discernment and creativity. So run to Jesus. Secondly, study your children. And I mean it, study them. Read the Five Love Languages of Children by Gary Chapman and understand how they each individually receive and express love. It might be totally different from yours, which might be why you're not getting through to them. Also, do a simple personality test on them and let that framework enlighten you as to how they operate personality-wise. Another thing to watch is what they're reading and what they're watching. As involved as we all are as parents, I honestly cannot keep up with the amount of books my kids read. There was a time that I'll share. I started noticing a bit of a snarky attitude in one of my kids, and I started praying about it. And God brought to my mind a book series that this child had been mentioning. So as soon as I got home from dropping them all at school, I listened to the five-minute audiobook samples of each of the books and was shocked at the disrespect in the main character's attitude. Hmm. So I had to have a difficult talk about discontinuing this amazing series that uh, they were enjoying. And there were some obstinate tears, but you know, we sat together and I prayed and invited Jesus to come and speak to both of our hearts and show us the right path. And in a matter of just days, this child was not only thankful to me, but also uh, was able to see the effects that this series was having on uh, friends' attitudes Hmm. as well. So all of that to say, study your children. And last, uh, lastly, um, be available. You know, it might be totally against your task-oriented nature if you're anything like me, (laughs) but make time just to sit on the couch beside them, um, Or, you know, just sit on their beds with them at night with zero agenda. Don't try to start a conversation even necessarily. Just sit there. Um, Start playing with their Legos. You know, they might remember to mention something that happened at school that bothered them. And since you're right there, they'll send a sense like a freedom to just share that with you Um, or start checking out their new whatever they've been obsessing about lately. They will literally jump up and want to give you a 10-minute tutorial on all of its features. Trust me. Um, And that's powerfully validating that you care and you're present. So be available. It just opens so many doors. So here's a quick recap. Don't panic. Don't lose heart. 
don't turn a blind eye, but rather run to Jesus, study your child, and be available. Okay, Tiffany and I want to leave you with some excellent resources that will help you in this stage of life and beyond. Um, One of my favorite books in the beginning of this stage of life was Childwise. Um, And they actually, it's written by um, Ezzo and Bucknam. They actually wrote a whole series. um, So you might as well pick up Preteen Wise as Mm -hmm. well. Um, They give you so many helpful tools that actually work. It will blow your mind. This book was literally my lifeline for many years. I would just read it over and over and tell myself um, what to do just over and over. Another essential book is called Why Can't I Get My Kids to Behave by Joey and Carla Link. Uh, You will learn how to outlaw bad attitudes and um, why to not use unhelpful tactics like counting to three and just many other extremely helpful things that show parents that how your kids submit to you is how they're going to submit to God someday. Mm. So pay close attention to that. Another fantastic book is called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. That's by Paul David Tripp. Need I Say More? It will honestly change your family. It will give you a solid biblical reason for why and how to develop your child. That one was one of my favorite books. Lastly, although I could really name many, many more, You need to pick up Passport to Purity by Family Life and do the weekend getaway with your preteen. It is very biblically deep and tactfully done series of chats from a husband-wife team, Dennis and Barbara Rainey, about how your child's body is going to change from a child into adult and about some dangers they're going to encounter in the process. The ultimate goal is teaching them that this change is all a part of God's beautiful plan and that we honor his plan by, among many other things, committing to stay pure until marriage. So I know that sounds kind of heavy right now. Mm -hmm. So listen to it all ahead of time so you can gauge when your child is truly ready for the content. But I promise you will want to do this with your child at some point or another. And this is the type of thing where moms, you'll do it with your daughters and dads do it with the sons. Mm -hmm. So there's a journal that comes with it. There's a project kit you buy separately. Just get the whole thing. Again, very tactfully done and very essential content for developing your child to be knowledgeable and strong-minded in those delicate areas that often get miscommunicated and undercommunicated. Um, Tiffany has a book that she wants to share also. It is for moms in developing themselves. Yeah, so I have Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith, and it is by Heidi St. John. Um, This is a book that you will want to read over and over just as you know, the years go by because it's a book that there may be some, you're, you're going to pull something every single time. It's just, it's solid. And her main focus is, is on you, mama. It's on you being in the word. It's on you filling yourself and allowing that overflow um, to pour onto your children. And she will tell you over and over again, um, just how I've mentioned here, you cannot give what you do not possess yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, I am going to um, also let you know that if you do pick this up, pick it up for a friend or two or three and read it together and bounce ideas off of each other because she does have um, some study guide questions that go along with it. But it's just powerful and you are going to want to make sure you have your highlighter as well. So I am going to end just reading this um, little excerpt from you. Um, Just like the archer in Psalm 127, there will come a time to let your arrows fly. Your arrows are your children. If your heart is focused on the big picture of raising godly children, it will be easier to strengthen your grip on the bow and steady your stance. Releasing arrows into the world isn't for the faint of heart. But mom, strong moms know when it's time to let their children go. They don't hold on to them out of fear, but instead move forward with the holy determination that comes from living in the light of God's word. We must aim our arrows carefully, releasing them only when our aim is sure and our arrows are ready to fly. After all, when an archer is in battle, she doesn't get two tries with the same arrow. She gets only one. Make sure you make yours count. Moms, enjoy these beautiful years. And God bless you with hundreds of unforgettable moments. 
if there's something shared today that you've connected with and would like to talk to someone about it, please reach out. You can email our women's ministry director, Natalie Replogal, at nreplogal at gc.church, and she can set up a time to chat or connect you with Tiffany or myself. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time. Thank you.